and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Hello and welcome to The Writing Forge. I'm Miranda. I'm Bonnie. And today we are talking with Amanda about horror and subgenres. Welcome, Amanda. Hello, thank you for having me here. Um, so give us a little of your your story. How did you get to where you are today in the writing world? Um, so I guess I've always been a writer. I've always just enjoyed writing in general, as even as a young child. Um, actually, I thought I was supposed to be a marine biologist. And so I really focused like during school on the sciences. Um, but whenever I would be home, after school or alone, I found myself always writing, journaling, and things of that nature. And when I got into college, I went to school for marine biology. Um, as I was going through class, you know, g- going through the first couple of years through my, I believe it was my sophomore year, um, I kind of was just like, I don't think, I, while I would love to live on a houseboat in Australia for the rest of my life, um, <laughs> the chances of me doing that are like slim to numb. And, uh, you know, being one of those famous marine biologists is even s- slimmer. So uh, I, I started, you know, reality started to crash down on me, student loans, having to pay for myself and all that. And uh, it just, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to afford to live. I mean, it's, it's a very, um, as amazing as a career it is, it's not a high paying career. So I started getting into technical writing because I had a scientific background. Um, And so when I graduated college, I got my degree in um, English and professional writing with a focus on technical writing and PR. And um, I just kind of like found myself loving technical writing, but yet when I wasn't doing it as my career or as part of my job, I would be creative writing outside of that. And so it's just, it's just always been there. Um, and the horror aspect, I've just always been in love with horror ever since I was a kid. <laughs> Which is a great um, segue because that's our topic today. We're going to be talking about horror and subgenres. And this was Miranda's idea. So I'll let her. Oh, just, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so like, I kind of want to talk about subgenres in general, but also, you know, since you write horror, like, what is the difference between everything? Because, like, there's horror, there's thriller, there's suspense, and a lot of times people, like, lump them together, or they get very specific and, like, okay, so this is, you know, this is a thriller horror, or this is, you know, this is, like, what are the different subgenres of horror and where are the lines between them? Like, what defines them? What makes something a subgenre instead of a trope? And we'll stop there because I think that's like six questions. So, so maybe the first question <laughs> the is first like one. the lines between horror, thriller, suspense, so forth. So first, like, as I love horror, but I call myself a dark fiction horror author I that. because yeah, I, I also write sci-fi and fantasy, but it's dark. So there's always a horror undertone to my fantasy and sci-fi. So there is, I don't know if it's a genre called dark fiction or if it's called dark fantasy, dark sci-fi. This is where it's like everyone just kind of has their own opinion. In prep for this this podcast, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a little research to make sure I have my story straight here. Like, does, do my thoughts align with, you know, what's real? And I, everyone just had a different opinion on how those genres between sci-fi, fantasy, horror 
that have that horror undertone all mix. Um, some say it's dark fantasy, dark sci-fi as a subgenre, or some say it's just dark fiction in general. So it's very blurred between those three when you have that horror undertone. For specific horror subgenres, there is a lot. Right now, I think some of the big ones are apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic stories. I'm seeing a lot of body horror slasher like you know the nightmare on elm street and uh jason, jason and michael myers like those are all making a comeback uh on top of that splatter punk splatter gore slasher but it has <laughs> some kind of like political undertone like i'm actually writing um a splatter punk now there's folk horror my novel till we become monsters is a little bit of like folk horror it's also monster horror in a way and psychological so it's a bit of a mix there on amazon it was listed as a thriller yeah i, know, I keep <laughs> trying to get that change yeah at, at one time amazon had it it's ya and i'm like oh god no no, chi- <laughs> no child should be reading this <laughs> but i think one of my favorites of genres is cosmic horror or lovecraftian horror that's basically horror that deals with man, humanity's insignificance in the universe. And, you know, we're just all beings on this planet that are controlled by these elder gods um, and we exist for their own purpose. So our lives mean nothing, basically, except, you know, we worship them and they thrive. So that that's one of my favorite ones because I like to toy with, you know, the gods and humanity there so um those are just a couple they do kind of have some clear lines but usually they do blur a lot like user authors will they'll have one main subgenre they're looking for but then they'll add in like little things like someone might be writing a post-apocalyptic story but it might be inspired by a cosmic horror event like world of the wars um with the aliens coming down and mm-hmm. kind of annihilating planet earth And if you set your scene after that, it was basically built off of a cosmic horror event. So there are some clear cut lines and then there are lines that just kind of blur. I like that, um, you know, because you said apocalyptic is big and it's interesting because like that as a like apocalyptic as a subgenre is big in other genres, too. Right. Like because you've got YA apocalyptic and like so kind of like you were saying with the dark sci fi or fantasy, you you have the same. It's like different subgenres, you can attach them to any big genre that you want, I guess. Yeah. Well, because I know Bonnie and I are big fans of fantasy. And so, like, there are as many subgenres in the fantasy as well. And so, it was just something that it was a question that fascinated me because, yeah, like, what, when, when is something a trope and when is something a subgenre? And so I think I'm going to throw this one to Bonnie first. What is your opinion? I wonder if part of it is like um, how widespread, how popular a thing is. Like, I don't know, if you use a trope enough, does it become a subgenre? I'm going to, that's that's my first hypothesis. Um, I'm Sometimes like I think that tropes are a tool that helps the story to move forward. Like um, some tropes in horror are like, you know, you have your secret lab or your secret base that's hiding some stranger things. Uh, Oh gosh, I hope I'm not giving any spoilers here. But the latest was uh, uh, um, season of Stranger Things. There's kind of a secret base and that kind of helps to move the plot forward. There's like seeing things in mirrors. uh, I think Candyman that helped to move the plot forward. So I feel like tropes kind of are more of a, tool like those two things I just named would actually be 
a subgenre. Yeah, I couldn't see that really being coming a subgenre. Yeah, I would. I would kind of lean more towards like percentage of the book, and then possibly feel of the book. Like she said, a trope is a point, but if that. Okay, so say we're talking about secret labs. Is there a secret lab that is just there to move the plot along? Or does the whole thing take place in a secret lab? And then because it's, oh, I'm trying to think of the word, atmospheric? That's not quite the word I'm looking for. But like like insane asylum horror stories and stuff like that. Like if, is it is it per- pervasive? Per- is that, uh, is that the word. word I'm looking for? I don't know if it's the one you're looking for, it, but it's a word. <laughs> It's just a word. Is it through? Is it throughout the whole story? Is it you know, the heart of the story, or is it, or is it a piece of the story? But then you know, which tropes are related, and then how many related tropes then become? <laughs> <laughs> and so this is what I'm trying to puzzle out personally. <laughs> that's that's actually a good way of thinking about it because like, I could see where like the secret lab, the haunted houses, mm-hmm. those are tropes that kind of last. I mean, if it's not just a scene, it's like a core setting of the story it's kind of the heart of the story um like Shirley Jackson's The Haunting the house is basically a character it's also the setting it's also a trope um, <laughs> I guess it would also be a subgenre because it's haunted house but then you have like the tropes that are like a singular point like the final girl is a trope in horror where right. um it's the last girl who either survives or dies but you see how she is ingrained throughout the story as a character that builds her to that point of being the final girl trope. So yeah, I guess it kind of go both ways now that we're talking about this. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. But still, like I wouldn't, I can't imagine there being, I don't know, maybe someday there will be a final girl subgenre, but it's kind of actually there I think there is a book called the final girl and nice I I can see the author I just can't I don't have the book yet but I can Mm. see the author's other book and I just can't read it it's behind me um I haven't read it yet but I've heard it's amazing but I mean it's a book about a final girl so maybe there's like layers and then it comes it's a trope and then it's a genre subgenre and then then it's a trope again I don't know (laughs) maybe but then if there's only I'm trying to no I'm trying to think that wasn't (laughs) There's weird faces, but that's because it hurts to think. Okay, it's all right. Um, (laughs) But if you write a handful of books based on a trope, does that actually make it a subgenre? Or if we take, you know, traditional publishing standpoint, which hmm, uh, do do so many books need to be published? Does it need to be big enough to have a following to make it a subgenre? Or if one person made a book, a whole book about an entire trope, then is that just a one-off but not enough to make it a subgenre? Because I certainly don't feel like supernatural romance was a subgenre until after Twilight. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you had some novels that were right. supernatural, but it didn't become like a subgenre until Twilight. That's a very good point. So then is it like a keystone book that then sparks becomes, yeah. tons of other smaller books or is it? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should get a little bit more concrete and talk about how writers can decide which subgenres and tropes to use. And since I come at things at a later stage in the process, I'm going to turn that on both of you guys because I don't have to come up with the ideas. That's that's why I'm an editor instead of a writer. <laughs> no, I'm going to turn it back on you. I know how. Oh, it's no. Okay. <laughs> okay. But you go first. All right. How do authors decide which subgenres and tropes to use? Let's see. I would say for me personally, it would come back to theme. 
what is what is the message that I'm trying to say and what is my point in writing the novel, uh, other than having fun, of course. <laughs> we always want to have fun while we're writing, but what... What am I trying to get at? What am I trying to do? Because that will help me narrow down which tropes or which flavor to put on the novel. And also character arcs. The easiest one for me to explain this with is like the liar revealed. So you have a character who's, you know, lying, keeping a secret and stuff like that. Well, because of how that storyline goes, eventually the lie has to be revealed. Um, and the fallout from that has to happen. And so like at that point, like you're not locked in, you're never locked in, but you, there there will be certain expectations, certain reader expectations for you to deliver on if you decide to go with that storyline for that character. So for me personally, that's what I think. How about you, Amanda? Yeah, I guess m- mine's similar of nature. Um, unless I'm submitting for um, an open call that specifically says what genre, subgenre to write in, I actually don't think about it. I just kind of write, figure out what my overall messages, figure out who my characters are, kind of build their arc. And then I'll, I'll kind of start to see which direction it's going. In my novel, Till We Become Monsters, I had no idea it was going to be psychological. Then I had one character just kind of pop out of the blue who was studying to be a, a psychologist and it started to go down that route. So I then kind of just start playing up the characters and their interactions and their thought processes to put more of a psychological spin on it. Not necessarily that that character that I mentioned, she does not have a big part in this movie, but it just, there was just a flavor there with her being in it that I thought, oh, adding a psychological aspect to this novel will make it even more terrifying. So I usually don't figure that out until like I start really getting into the groove of building my plot, building my settings, building my characters and just kind of letting them go. And then mm-hmm. once I figure out what direction, then I'll, I'll throw maybe a trope in for flavoring or start to kind of push the story down the gen- subgenre that it needs to be in. I try not to have control over it because I kind of like to let the story tell itself. So I don't want to pigeonhole it or stuff it in a box because when I do that, I find that my writing gets stuffy. Um, so that like there's been open calls that I've tried to do but it's because I was stuck in this little box of this is what they're looking for, which rightfully so that they're putting out on the anthology on such and such. But I feel like I struggle most when I'm being told what to write. <laughs> <laughs> so you must be a pantser then. Um, no, I'm a little bit of both. Like I'm very much a plotter, but I don't plot myself into a, a hole basically. Like, and I allow leeway for it to kind of go on its own. Um, And like my novel did do that. Like I outlined it to death. And as I started to work on it about halfway through, it just like took a completely different trajectory and I just went with it. So um, I try not to be confined. I like to have my freedom. (laughs) So then um, just out of curiosity, did you after, did you go back after you finished the whole book and sort of add more stuff at the beginning? Yeah, I went back and I added some things in the very beginning because it, it is a bit folklorish to, to kind of keep with that, that subgenre theme throughout the book. I went in and very much this first chapter um, and the interaction that this young child has with um, basically the folklore that his grandmother used to read to him that was stuff that I just kind of like slipped in throughout 
the entire novel, but completely rewrote the first chapter to, you know, make it a little bit more heavy in there to set the tone. This is a bit of a folk horror story because it does have a creature from Native American legend that sort of shows up later. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, you kind of have to go back. And if you find out you're going down a certain path, you got to make sure your entire book, it doesn't have to like hit off the bang going down that subgenre, but you at least got to put some flavoring in up front right. to say, okay, this is the direction we're going to go in. Um, Cause I find that if you m- might be writing something that starts off as say, like it's a bit Gothic and mm-hmm. then out of the blue towards the end of the book, it flips into body horror. Like your, char- <laughs> your readers are going to be like, what? Yeah. yeah. You just completely flip this on me. And that's, ex- that's exactly what subgenres and tropes are for, for setting reader expectations. So yeah, you want to be careful how you set them and that you fulfill them as you, as you come through to the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my question for you, Bonnie, as an editor, if you have a writer who comes to you, cause you usually ask like, what is your genre? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. and what are re- books related to the, you know, books that you wrote and stuff like that. So give you a feel. We talked about this in a previous episode. Have you found that some writers pick the rug- wrong subgenre? Like they hmm. told you that they write a certain thing and you get your reading for editing purposes and you're like, um, no, that's not, that's actually <laughs> that's not, not what, what you wrote. Done. Um, and so here are some fixes that we can do to push you one way or the other. Is, is that something that you find? Is that something that you've had to deal with? How do you deal with it if you do find it? Well, so I was thinking it's a little different in that I'm a freelance editor and not like editing for a publishing house. So I am, I'm working for the author. Whereas if I was at a publishing house, I'd be working for the publishing house. So I don't ever tell someone like, well, you need to do this. Um, but what I will do is say, well, you said you're writing in this subgenre, but it don't really see that coming through. So if you want to keep that label, here are some things you can do. Mm-hmm. Or here's a different label you could apply to it. Same questions applied to tropes. Do you ever find an author? I'm not going to say using wrong tropes because it's their story, but like finding that maybe there are tropes that aren't working as well or have suggestions. I mean, definitely, especially if you come across kind of like the cliched ones or something, I'll often be like, hey, this is this is a fine trope, but just be aware that it's kind of been been overused recently or, or, you know, things like that. Um, I, you know, one that stands out to me is like the clumsy girl as as like that's her defining characteristic and mm-hmm. and I sort of resonate with that because I'm very clumsy but anyway that's one <laughs> of those ones that's been overused and so I will and I see it come up quite a lot and so I'll I'll point that out to people and 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 that's actually like cuz there's different levels of tropes right there's there's the ones that are helping move a story forward versus just sort of cliched things that you've fallen into on accident. And that's, I think, that's where I will try to help people is like, did you do this on purpose or was this just an accident? And if it was an accident, think about maybe taking it out or turning it more purposeful. Because there's always multiple ways to, to fix anything that I see pretty much. I think that like within the horror genre, we're going to start seeing a lot of shifts coming up. Horror does go in cycles. I personally think COVID really screwed that up because I feel like <laughs> oh, we were yeah. on the cusp of going really hard and apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic and, and like, then people were like, want that. oh gosh, this is reality. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, we're living it. You, you started to see a lot of people didn't even want to talk about it. I don't remember seeing a lot of calls during or submission calls during that time for mm-hmm. apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic, but then you know, once we got out of it, surprisingly, even pandemic, like you really aren't seeing anything pandemic 
calls being made, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being asked for pandemic stories. I wondered about that. I wondered if we would see a lot or see none. I feel like it was going to be one of those two. Yeah, I I think there was like a couple, but it really was as much as I thought there was going to be. But I think after a couple of years, once, you know, life returns to normal, I think it'll be like, oh, COVID pandemic. (laughs) Um, I think that's kind of where we're eventually going to go here in a couple of years is we're going to go down the pandemic route, probably be back with zombies because you know they're always mm, pandemic yes. tied and so I think that's kind of the route we're probably going down I've heard a couple other authors agree with that others disagree you know it's just it, it horror is always a cycle and you'll see it coming up uh, certain things coming up in flows like right now cosmic horror lovecraftian horror um splatter punk body horror those are in folk horror like those are kind of big things right now but mm. um I, I think pandemic horror in a couple of years is going to start to make a comeback. I have seen a couple of like, I don't know if isolation horror is mm. a subgenre or sh- just a trope. It should be. And like the technology piece, like we're going to see that, I think, kind of yes. blow up here as well as a subgenre, especially with AI mm-hmm. just becoming more and more ingrained in our, our lives. Um, I, I think tech is going to be another subgenre that's really going to blow up here tech and horror and i could see tech as a subgenre and other things too like like i can there could be romance right based on zoom that'll yeah. be interesting to see in it probably in a few years it'll and... be the new you've got mail <laughs> yeah exactly. you've got a zoom call <laughs> <laughs> anyway unfortunately we are all out of time for today thank you so much for joining us amanda thank you it was a great time talking to both of you today question for our listeners how do you define subgenre let us know in our socials down below stay sharp my friends That's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Writing Forge, an NCW podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. To learn more about The Writing Forge and our parent company, Northern Colorado Writers, be sure to check out our website at northerncoloradowriters.com. Check out our social links in the description. You can subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever podcasts are aired. If you like this episode, you'd really help us out by rating and reviewing. If you're looking for more informational writing content, Be sure to become an NCW member. Stay sharp, my friends.